We've all heard the phrase, that kind of thing doesn't happen in our town. But here on Midwest Murder, we will shatter that false reality. In fact, it happens more often than we know. And sometimes, the details of the most horrific crimes that happen in our neighborhoods are lost in the back pages of newspapers, forgotten on our news channels, and eventually erased over time. We're here to talk about murder, diving into some of the most controversial cases in Midwest history. This show will not shy away from the morbid details of these horrific events and the often ugly truths behind them. What you will hear is a detailed timeline of events, perspectives from those closely involved, and analysis by experts. What you will feel is the darkness that surrounds each story, the innocence lost by the victims, and hopefully, the justice that was ultimately delivered. Jonah Lanto. Hello. Slow down. I'm a fast talker, is what I do. Yeah, that was one of the best ones ever. <laughs> oh, I thank you. And because we're on episode, what, 22? 22. Oh my gosh. We did it. We did it. <laughs> I would say that was a five-star <laughs> intro read. The rest have been four and a half stars at best. <laughs> at best. <laughs> oh, fun. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I finally made it. That's great. That's great. Level one up. Yeah. Woohoo. Thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed our podcast. The comments, the feedback, the support. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's just wonderful. Um, even the good, the bad, the ugly, it's, it's great um, to hear and everything in between. We truly, truly appreciate it. And it does great things for our little podcast. It helps us move along. So, so we do appreciate that. What helps us maybe be not so little anymore. I know. I don't think we're that little. Our little podcast, we want it to be big and we need Mm -hmm. your help folks. Yeah. So thank you. And so Jonah, J-Dog, what are people saying about Midwest murder? RJ4393, five stars. Outstanding. I am in law enforcement in rural North Dakota. I don't listen to podcasts, but this one I do. The details are great. The mood set is appropriate. Both of you should be recognized nationwide. I didn't know much about the history of North Dakota murders as I'm from a different state. So this does help me learn from previous cases and want to learn more. Thank oh. you. Wow, thank you. That's so cool. It's really it's really neat to get props from law enforcement because yeah. of yep. course we, we work pretty hard on our details and our stories. So mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. Yep. Thanks we appreciate for being a listener. That. And being recognized nationwide. I mean, now that I can finally read the intro. We're, now yeah. that, <laughs> we're, we're ready. We're ready. Help us. That's, we, need, we need your help, folks. More of these reviews will get us there. From Sammy Herslip, five stars. Amazing. I'm not the biggest podcast person. I always feel I get distracted and can't follow along or lose interest quickly. This podcast keeps me interested and is super informational along with having a bit of humor. I feel like I'm a part of the conversation by the way the hosts keep the storylines moving. It truly is amazing. I always look forward to the next episode to be released. I give Midwest Murder a 10 out of 5. That's super cool. Thank you, Sammy. I appreciate that. Well, I, I appreciate you and um, Minot's most famous uh, billboard person right there <laughs> gave us a review. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah. another it's another sign that we're making. It. I think we so. we a cop that wants us to be nationwide. <laughs> Don finally eats, reads the <laughs> intro amazingly. And we've got a, a, a pretty famous regional person, local Say right. 10 out of 5. Yeah, that's cool. That's super cool. I guess we're ready. Let's do it. All right. So thank you. Before we get started, a huge thank you to our sponsor, Shots Crossroads. They have been a part of the North Dakota family for two generations. Homemade is how they can be described, whether it's the giant selection of pies, homemade caramel rolls, eight gallons of ranch. Mm. 
delicious. There are items on their menu that cannot be replicated absolutely anywhere else. The number 88, if you know, you know. The sour cream raisin pie, the perette pie, the gravy that I could drink with a straw. We always we, we give a lot of love to the ranch, but man, that gravy. gravy needs a little love too from the truck stop. Because it's not too salty. It's no. not bland. It's Perfect just right. Mm-hmm. We are crinkle fries. They are a full-service truck stop, so you can fuel up, enjoy some great food in the restaurant, some homemade sandwiches in the deli, or find whatever traveling accommodation you might be looking for in the convenience store. You can grab your energy drinks in there. Those things will kill you. You need to stop drinking those. Everything will kill us. (laughs) They have online ordering, so you can even order your breakfast, lunch, or dinner on their website, which is pretty cool. You can order, pay, and then you'll even get a text when um, when it's ready, which is awesome. So a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Midwest truck stops are still living in the past. Not right. shots, crossroads, baby. That's why no they're way, legendary. Man. So if you're not in the area, you can even even say something to them or you can buy something from them. You can add them to your road trip list, of course, because you should come see us. Uh, but then you can also buy someone in the area a mobile gift certificate, which is kind of cool. Like that's a new, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm losing technology here. So I'm like, oh, I can get a mobile gift certificate. How cool, how cool is that? Done, done deal. Shot, shots mm-hmm. crossroads. Uh, remember, I pie is better than cake. Bam. Ooh. I said it. And you can always get pie at Shots Crossroads. I might fight you for that, but well, that's a different, that's a different day. That's a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so also a big thanks to pop and dot design and fabrication for our bitch and logo CJ Wynn for the help on the haunting and truthful info intro and info, I guess. And uh, Eric Michael Anderson for our bone chilling theme music. I really love the music. I know. It's so good. I, I, every time like I can like hum it in my head, you know, cause I've heard it so many times. It makes and, me feel like I'm, I'm like, we got movie mm-hmm. level, like cinematic. Score right. Right. I know. Podcast. I know. It's, it's super cool. All right. Well, it was 1994. What a time to be alive. You guys, 94 NAFTA was established. Nelson Mandela became president of South Africa. The R- Rwandan genocide began. Byron Della Beckwith was finally convicted nearly 30 years later in the murder of civil rights leader Medgar Evers. The first protests against Fidel Castro's government since 1959 started. Ronald Reagan announced that he suffers from Alzheimer's. Finally, 1994, I think, even though everybody knew it before. Oh, I but, feel like that was pretty <laughs> heavy in the 80s. But it's okay. He finally he yeah. finally admitted it. So, um, But the year, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus big time on sports because this was huge. The year 1994 was so big. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan had her knee bashed in by friends of Tanya Harding. Whoa. The Winter Olympics were held just a short time later in Lillehammer, Norway. Thank you for pointing it out. It was by friends of Tanya. Yeah, she I, didn't do it. I hold to Tanya didn't do it and probably didn't even know. Yeah, she didn't do it. And um, I will never forget the name Jeff Galuli. He was one of them. And I, I mean, I was 10 years old in 94 and I can remember that name. It's wild. Anyway. Big shout out to the movie that was made recently. I, Tanya. It was phenomenal. Mm, I, I had a top three that year. Oh, wow. That was yeah, top. I, I thought it was top three film of that year. Wow. That's, was it a, was it a rough year or was it that good? No, it was that good. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to good. check it out. Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman were murdered outside her home. And a few days later, the world would stop, like completely stop to watch OJ Simpson and his buddy in what could be the slowest car chase ever flee from police. Interestingly enough, and there's a there's a fabulous, just such a well done um, 30 for 30 documentary that covers it in more detail. Um, but there were numerous like groundbreaking sporting events that happened that same day that hardly anybody realized. Arnold Palmer played his, his final round at the U.S. Open, like final final game five of the NBA finals between the Houston Rockets and the New York Knicks. I mean, game five. Right. Ken Griffey Jr. tied Babe, Babe Ruth's so home run record is what you're saying right there. Played his final round game five of the NBA. finals. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 
No, well, yeah. Well, that was a yeah. just game five. Yeah, just game five. All right, all right. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. tied Babe Ruth's home run record. Tied it. And the World Cup started for the first time ever in the U.S. That all went on while OJ was just cruising in the Bronco. Um, but wait, there's more. That year, the MLB players went on went on strike. And that would also cancel the World Series since the first for the first time ever since 1904, I think it was. I feel like I remember nothing that happened in the wake of OJ Simpson. Nobody did. That's why. That's uh, seriously, check out check out that 30 for 30 documentary. It's so good. Um, I can't. I think it's like the day sports apps or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and also 94, Jeff Bezos founded Amazon. Nearly 40 years later, he'd thank us for making him so rich. Such a cool guy. Sounds great. great. Sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and you guys, one of the best albums ever was also released that year, The Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, man, that's well, uh-huh. one of their two best albums. For yeah, sure. yeah. Um, fan. Huge fan. We've actually talked about that before. Uh, Schindler's List won seven Oscars that year. Woodstock 94 was kicked off commemorating the 25th anniversary of the original event in 1969, which is wild to think that 1994 was only 25 years after 1969. I know it's simple, easy math. It's what do you say, Jonah? It's Midwest murder, not Midwest math. <laughs> that's, <laughs> but, that's one of our taglines. But it's maybe a new tagline. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's just crazy to me that it's only twenty five years later. I, anyway, I, I'd like to throw in that during this time, also rock and roll as we know as we knew it then was breathing its dying gasps as alternative, Nirvana yeah, and alternative rock yep. and Alice in Chains. Corn yep. makes their debut right around this time. Tools first album comes around this time. Like it not just Nine Inch Nails releasing that. No, yeah. Literally yeah. The, the 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 musical landscape was changing. It was Guns completely and Roses changing. put out their last two good albums, Use Your mm-hmm. Illusion One and Two. Mm-hmm. They I think ninety four was the year they was of their demise even. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. yeah. It's it's crazy. It was a wild, wild time, yeah. And if some of us want to feel super old, Justin Bieber and Harry Styles were born that year. So that's cool. Am I, I feel like am, am I extra super old if I don't know who Harry Styles is? One direction. You don't even know that. Yeah. (laughs) You know who Justin Bieber is? Okay. Just checking. (laughs) So we also said goodbye that year to John Candy, Kurt Cobain, uh, Richard Nixon, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, among many others, of course. Serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer was uh, also bludgeoned to death in prison that year. Wow. So wild, uh, wild year. So our story today takes us to Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of the Green Bay Packers and all of the cheese jokes. So, and you know, the kind of right in the heart of of uh of the midwest right wisconsin our Absolutely. first our first wisconsin, wisconsin case i think it is yeah wisconsin am i saying it? wisconsin I, I don't, wisconsin I don't, I don't much like i don't think i have to try that hard we're, actually we're, yeah we're made to people are made to think like people talk in the movie fargo everybody else thinks that green bay is in wisconsin wisconsin it's like a eh, wisconsin okay so in 1987 uh tau tau fled a refugee camp in Thailand, coming to the U.S. hoping for a better life. He had what many would call the American dream. He found work here, a loving family that was growing, lots of friends. Tao, along with his wife and children, lived on the first floor of a two-story apartment building on the east side of Green Bay. The Taos carried on with their lives in that apartment for the past five years, nearly the entire time they've lived in in the U.S., and all of that would come crashing down in the early morning hours of July 22nd, 1994. I, I, I want to point out for some for people who have never been to Green Bay and are familiar with the football team, Green Bay is tiny. It's, it's like, not a large nothing. city. There's nothing going on. There's like almost nothing going on there. It's a very small place. There's not like a ton of businesses. No, it's a small, it, big city. Yes. Yep. Very, yep. very, very small. Uh, 
having spent time there and uh, my, a buddy of mine is from there and it's just mm-hmm. shocking how tiny this is it's right. not you would you would think that a, a city that has a that has a uh, professional football team you know would be it's in a big city right you think of st louis you think of sure. you know i mean anywhere you think of la right um even Minneapolis, but it's. I guess, I guess Green Bay. Green Bay does have a population of a hundred thousand. Man, right. it felt so much smaller but, I mean, than that when I went there. You know, about the size of Fargo, but it's. But it's. I think the way it's laid out and everything, it does feel like a smaller town. Like it's. It's a small, big city, and. Uh, I legit yeah. thought it was way smaller than that. Mm, okay, so the apartment building that they that they lived in was on Day Street. Day Street was known as kind of a rough neighborhood. It had its condemned properties, lower income homes, maybe you know maybe lower, you know, mid-level income or rental units, but it also had families just trying to enjoy life and get by. Many of those families, immigrants, just like Tao, who were likely hoping for this better life. You know, that American dream, right? You know, if you're if you're not from around here, uh, that's what you want. You want this this dream that we think or that people think we have. I've I've had the I've had the fortune, well I consider the fortune to have real in-depth conversations with people who grew up in foreign countries and some rough places, right? And you can live, you can grow up in a rough place right here mm-hmm. in America. Don't get me wrong. But they, the, these guys were so grateful of their American citizenship and of having come here and did, they believed in, in this American dream. I, I'm not saying it works like that for everybody. So this, this is only anecdotally for those sure. that, that yeah. I've met, but they, they were extremely proud to be here, that they made it here. They wanted to get their family here. Right. Coming from a refugee camp, I mean, you can only imagine, you know, what, what happened there, right? It's a wild thing. We, we covered the American dream when we were still doing the history podcast, uh, Myth America, here on The Good Talk. And, and the American dream was one of our topics. And it, it's, it, it, stems, it stems back from, from a long, long time ago. It's been with sure. us. And it's an ideal that's evolved a little bit over the years, but it's... Well, that's why they call, you know, they call the U.S. the melting pot, right? Is because so many people, we're, we're all immigrants, really. I mean, you know, it's, you know, um, those of us from, you know, obviously not the Native Americans and such, you know, they were they were here first. But the rest of us, you and I, we're, we're, we're immigrants, you know, long, long right. ways back. I don't, I don't have the stats here before me, but uh, I'm quite sure that the United States is one of the most ethnically diverse countries oh for sure yeah there are others that are up there but it's there's a lot of other places you know where you you go and you travel to and and it's you're predominantly getting right whoever whoever lives there right it's it's predominantly this ethnicity and in the u.s because of so much migration over the years yeah it's it's quite different we are we are in fact the melting pot yeah so 20-year-old Johnson Wade Gray Buffalo lived on the second floor of the same two-story apartment building as the Taos. On an early Friday morning, most people are waking up, looking forward to the weekend, excited that it's maybe the last day of the average work week. Maybe the week is just beginning for some. Either way, Fridays just have a different feel about them. Fridays feel good. I know. Sundays, Sunday mornings are not my... Sunday evenings are not my favorite. Friday mornings, I love them. I, love, I do like my Sunday evenings. It's, that's a real chill time at my house. And, and I, I guess maybe it's the HBO fan in me, but always the best HBO series come out They're always Sunday, Sunday nights. nights. Yeah. So I've got this really comfortable feeling about a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. All right, I know lights are dim, cozying up in a blanket. We're piled onto the couch and we're watching something. Sure. So anyways. Maybe I need to change my perspective on Sundays. 
So waking up that morning, Tao Tao felt that something wasn't right. Shortly before 8 a.m., he woke up and noticed that there was a broken window and that someone had possibly robbed their apartment. Things were in disarray. He called 911, and according to records, he was told that the call was not an emergency and to call back on the regular line. Waiting to call, he went to check the children's bedrooms. Noticing five-year-old Nancy was not in her bed, he called 911 a second time. Again, being told to call back on the regular line, he ran next door to get a phone book. Because who knows the regular line phone number? Especially when you are stressed. <laughs> As instructed, he called back and police then responded. I wonder if he just didn't... He could, I feel like he could have asked that 911 operator for the number. If she's going to tell, tell somebody to call the regular sure. line... I feel like she's What's gonna that be, number? She's going to be able to provide that number. And my guess is she's probably going to be the one to answer the other line. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, it's 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 crazy, you know, because if it's not an emergency, you're told to keep the emergency line open. Well, you know, this you're ninety four too. So yeah. Okay. So things, I mean, things are obviously different, right? They probably don't have countless lines. You know, they might have two operators at the at the time or three operators, maybe. You know, who who knows? Um, you know, Tao did say later that he she seemed that she just didn't care. Well, I, I, if it's you're in a high crime neighborhood, you're taking a high volume mm-hmm. of calls and somebody's reporting a broken window. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you don't care, but it, it doesn't feel emergent. Right. You right. Know, you're on the line like, hey, look, I've got I've got people getting robbed or or stabbed or who are in danger. I've got right. an accident that emergency right. responders need to be there for or somebody's going to lose their life. So I just, I feel but like. But if his daughter's missing, you know, like well, what. the second call, right, your second call missing, Yeah, that, that's, that's a different that's, story. That's, that's sure. That's another story. Yep, that becomes yep. an emergency. That right. first call. Sure. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I get it, and it was an excellent bedside manner, as it were. Right, and and maybe there, uh, maybe there was a language barrier. You know, maybe she didn't understand, or he didn't understand. Who who knows? Who who knows? But from the outside of the building, the Taos and police would find a trail of blood that changed their lives and would also change Day Street as they as they knew it. So in the wee hours of that Friday, July twenty second. When, again, most are sleeping, some are working, some are relaxing, some are still enjoying the nightlife. Gray Buffalo came home only to break into the Tao's apartment with the intention of burglarizing it. There was a folding chair in the yard of the building, and he placed it under the slightly open window of the apartment, then used a straight razor that he had in his, in his pocket to cut the screen. Pushed the storm window open enough to climb in, into, which would lead him to an unoccupied bedroom, so just a, an empty bedroom, thankfully. From there, he went to the living room, keeping his eyes peeled along the way for anything that he could take, of course, that was not his. He found a large purse and took only some food stamps as kind of digging through it. He made his way through the rest of the living room, into the kitchen, then finally a bedroom at the other side of the apartment with uh, several sleeping occupants. While he was still meandering throughout the Tao's home, looking for things, again, that he could steal, he stumbled across five-year-old Nancy. Did Nancy wake up because she heard noises and she thought it might be a family member? Was she thirsty and wanted a glass of water? Was she just curious or even done sleeping for the night? Five-year-olds, they're, they can be mischievous, you know? Who knows? They wake up, wander yeah. around. Well, no one will know. No one will know what, what made her wake up. Because she was then stabbed multiple times and unknown, of course, which stab wound was fatal. Panicking, Gray Buffalo went back to the large purse that he found earlier and took two sets of keys. 
When he left, he took Nancy's lifeless body with him, leaving a trail of her blood on his way out. He wrapped her body in blankets and carelessly dropped her tiny body in the apartment building's garbage can near the garage. The sweet little five-year-old girl who just woke up for whatever reason, maybe heard a noise and was wondering what was going on, wondering what, is, what her parents were doing, wondering who knows. That's, it's just so, so awful. If she never woke up, what, was he there to kill people? He was just there was, to burgle. Was, you know? Yeah. It's one of these situations where a burglar or a thief, and they, they, they have a, a weapon on them, they get startled or surprised and, and react. I mean, it's... I know. It, it, what caused it? So, yeah. Well, at about 4 a.m. that same, the same morning, so just a little while later, according to Gray... At about 4 a.m., according to his roommate, Shannon Saldana saw a sweaty and bloody gray buffalo stumble into the apartment and watched him fall by the refrigerator. As he stumbled, a knife fell from his pocket. Saldana asked him what happened. He said that he was coming back from his mother's house. He was attacked by six black guys, and he stabbed one of them. Saldana picked up the knife, noticed the blood, then washed and boiled it on the stove. In her mind, since he was attacked, she was going to get rid of the evidence because she didn't want him in trouble. And on a place like Day Street, it sounds like not many people asked questions, right? Certainly. Uh, you know, friend, friends do things to to protect their right. friends. And, yep. and why would you do anything but trust what he's telling you? Exactly. Yeah. So after changing, he fled his apartment and struggled with two sets of keys to open the van belonging to the Taos before leaving and, and fleeing Green Bay. Just a couple of hours later, when police arrived to the apartment building, police and Nancy's mother Z found the girl's body in the garbage can, just as Gray Buffalo had left her. Nancy's body had 19 stab wounds to her head, neck, chest, and abdomen. Oh, that is... 19. So how could something that start out just so randomly be so angry? 19 stab wounds is a lot. On a... And then on if a, you on a, a tiny on a tiny child, yeah, on a, on, 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 a, on a child who is is damn near still a toddler, right, right. So nineteen, I I just don't I don't understand how, um, you know where that where that comes from, where that, um, you know, typically they talk about you know the anger behind that. I mean, what what was he going through that he took out on her? Right. I mean, 19. I just I can't get over that number. 19 stab wounds. So while the Taos now had to find a way to move forward with life without their daughter, police had to find out who did it. So they began collecting evidence and they would end up submitting 53 pieces of it that they found in and around the apartment building. So most notably, a folding chair with a footprint and fingerprints from a fan and a storm window. I I gotta say, I feel like this guy wasn't very clean. In, 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 in the efforts to do this. No. I, 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 don't, I don't know where this is going, but just in hearing he's intoxicated, 
and just, well, I'm, I'm going to rob today. I just, I wonder right. how much was premeditated. Had he been watching this house? Had he been intending on robbing it for a while before, before he got there? Was, was it even remotely cased? If this is your neighbor, you've, you've observed them, you've taken notice. I just, you know, it, it just makes, makes me wonder this, this, this man's motivations again, you're coming home drunk, you've been partying or you're at the bar or, or, or whatever. You weren't, you weren't, you know, you weren't sober as Sunday in church walking into this place. Right. And and you're trying to steal, to steal, to steal stuff. I don't know. It's, it's all, it's all, it's, it's such a stupid random. Well, that's the thing is it, it just seems so random, so random. And so, Knowing that the van belonging to the Taos, a 1987 blue Toyota, was out there somewhere, the police alerted everyone in the area to just be on the lookout, even alerting those um, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area because they, they had word that maybe he, this person was going there. So just under two days later, the van was spotted by police in Madison, Wisconsin, just, which is just 135 miles southwest of Green Bay. The person driving was none other than Johnson Gray Buffalo. Surprise, surprise. So... Well, he may be messy. He's also not very smart. No, no. He's so he's not. still he's still driving the vehicle there's, there's, that he. I mean, cr- crime is generally never smart, especially murder. But no, nothing about this guy. Mm-hmm. It's you cut your way in. You're not wearing gloves. You violently murder a child. It's mm-hmm. like you, you, you probably you probably just could have dipped out of there, and that kid would have been so scared shitless. Wouldn't even, have known wouldn't even have known who you were, what you were, would not have been a great eyewitness. You right. just got the hell right. out of there. Right. I, yeah. But instead, you do the alternative. So he was not entirely cooperative. And of course, you know, originally told police that his last name was Saldana, his roommate. So, you know, that's going to tie that tie him to that as well. So he was eventually charged with the murder of Nancy Tao. So trial wouldn't happen until 1995, where after only an hour and 45 minutes, the eight-woman, four-man jury found Gray Buffalo guilty, and he would be convicted of first-degree intentional homicide and sentenced to spend his life in prison, which actually 75 years to be exact. He's so 20, above he and beyond. 20, right? Yep, yep. 20, he's a kid. He's a, he's, he, is, he too is a kid. So the judge sentenced him to the mandatory life in prison, but extended his eligibility for parole until his birthday in 2070. So like most would, he appealed his conviction, but in 1996, the Court of Appeals upheld his conviction. Around that same time, Nancy's parents also filed a civil suit against Gray Buffalo, and a judge ruled in their favor, awarding them over a million dollars, which, of course, is mostly in name and somewhat symbolic because Gray Buffalo will never be able to pay that. I was going to ask, I don't, I, I, what's the point of the, 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 the civil suit? I guess that means if Gray Buffalo ever decides he's going to work in prison sure and make the couple bucks an hour or whatever i mean prisoners and it just goes to them what if he what if he the state doesn't award or does the state award some money to people who are the victims like this no so what would happen then like what if he got out and or what if he comes into an inheritance or something like that so since there's a judgment out there he you know they would then get paid i guess Mm -hmm. that yeah that 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 makes it make uh a, a little more sense so when he appealed, he stated that the story happened a little bit differently. So Gray Buffalo was staying with um, a, a fella named um, 
Some Howard. In addition to yep. Saldana. Yep. They yep. Had, they had a, there was yep. a third roommate. There was a third roommate. Right? Well, there's actually okay. four. So he claimed um, that his other roommate, Howard Joe Cooley, and then a, uh, a another one, Raylan um, Delvo, and then Saldana. They were all lived upstairs on this rental property. So on the night of Nancy's death, um, Gray Buffalo and Cooley were talking about earlier, talking about burglarizing the Tao residence residence of that same property or which was on that same property. So later as they're drunk, they walked around the building um, looking for a certain way to get in. Gray Buffalo sees a window that was slightly open and told Cooley that they could get in the house, you know, through that way. So Gray Buffalo did in fact cut the screen with a straight razor. And then Gray Buffalo asked Cooley to help him into the house. So Cooley apparently cupped his hands as he would, you know, like, so you, so he could, yep. Yep. The old heave ho. Right. So Gray Buffalo could step on them and then lifted them through the window. He immediately knocks over a guitar case, hands it out the window to Cooley. So next as, as Gray Buffalo is walking through the bedroom, that empty bedroom, um, he goes and lets Cooley in the front door. The two men are then looking around, working together for things that they could take. Gray Buffalo digs through the purse, just as as the state said, finds the food stamps in the purse, purse, which he takes. Then he goes down to the bedroom, sees several sleeping, several people sleeping inside, and then kind of coming back and forth to the living room. Gray, Gray Buffalo hears a muffled scream. So he goes back and Gray Buffalo sees Cooley in a in a room holding on to something. When he walks in there, he sees Cooley stabbing somebody with a knife. Gray Buffalo pulled the body from the bed away from Cooley because he wanted to, quote, stop what was happening. Gray, Gray Buffalo then looked at the body and saw that it was very bloody. So Gray Buffalo told Cooley he was leaving and took the body in a bundle of blankets. Then Cooley opened the door for Gray Buffalo and Gray Buffalo exited the front door walking toward the garage and set the body down in front of the garage. So Gray Buffalo then turned around and went upstairs to his residence and saw Cooley on the steps sitting there. He changed, went to get the blood off of him. He changed shirts, left it on the bathroom. Shannon Saldana, his roommate, when he asked if somebody, if he, if, when she asked if he had stabbed somebody, she said, he said, I'm not sure. I don't recall. And then he left. Heading to Madison to the home of his friend, Leon Thomas. The state did not buy it, or the, the, the Court of Appeals did not buy it. This was, it did not end up that way because physical evidence proved that it did not. My, my, my problem with this story is less the story itself because there certainly is potential for some of that to be, <clears throat> excuse me, for some of that to be real. My problem is like this is coming up in your appeal. And if this is what really happened, you plead not guilty, you you fight, you fight with this story and there should be evidence. If they've got all your evidence, I mean, where are we at with DNA in 94? Uh, well, still, I mean, they can match fingerprints and all that stuff, but, right, but you know, we're not like, I, I think we're not quite at the, we're DNA. not, we're not, we're not there yet. I want to say that was 10 years, 10 years later. It's, it's, it's coming. Yeah. 10 years later, probably mm-hmm. the, where it's more sophisticated. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing I guess too, is this, this seems like you're going to get in through the window. You knock over a guitar stand. That's probably, maybe that's what wakes the kid up. Like, mm-hmm. but like, 
no one else wakes up. All these people in this house are sleeping through this. And I don't know. I've never burgled anything. So I don't. But I, I guess I'm pretty quiet when I play hide and seek. I've moved from place right. to place in hide and right. seek in the dark. So if it's dark and you're being really quiet, but letting somebody in the front door, man, I, I that's people can sleep heavy. Maybe you can sure. sleep. Maybe Who knows? But it sounds like there sleep. were several people in this apartment. So according to this according, secondary story, uh, you've got right. one others. And then what you're saying is there's what? A, this is like a family of five sleeping in there? Yeah, at least. At least. It, yeah. So I, I don't. I, they say everybody in prison is innocent, man. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They've all got a story like this, but they're not but, all really innocent. No. And and I mean, as as the appeal um, or as the uh, as the, the court of appeals stated, in their in their judgment was quote the physical evidence contradicts gray buffalo's testimony and gray buffalo's credibility concerning the entire incident is exceedingly dubious and <laughs> quote very diplomatic. it's <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I need to use the word Exce- dubious exceedingly more often. dubious i really I, like it I, I need to yeah i need to deploy that word with more frequency and so they you know they they stuck with it and no physical evidence was found that linked Cooley to the crime scene none whatsoever so the fingerprint expert um the one who examined the 53 pieces of evidence compared the prints on the evidence um, to Cooley's as well as, as well as, and then matched them to gray Buffalo. The folding chair that was found, one expert testified that five of the, of the prints on the chair were consistent with the shoes that gray Buffalo was wearing the night of, of Nancy's death. So, when asked about it, he testified, Gray Buffalo testified that he did not actually put the chair under Nancy's window and did not step on the chair. Well, how the hell did you get in then? But you just said you climbed on the chair or no, you didn't climb on the chair, but you still got in the window that way. It, it doesn't, it makes zero sense. So how did your shoe print get on that chair? Look, 20 year olds are dumb. 20 year olds are dumb. And I was a dumb 20 year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you're listening and you were ever 20 in your life, you might have been a little dumb too. We just were, and and you could hear this guy's story. The sound, you know, it's 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 like it's like a four year old that poops their pants and is sitting there lying to you. Right? About Did it. you, you poop? No. It. Yeah. No. You know, that's that's what this is like to me. Can you tell her parents? <laughs> yeah, I've got a 20 year old right now, and yeah, it's uh, that that that's that's what happens, and then. Of course, I don't want to make light of this. This tragedy. no, of course not. No, no. Uh, but, but it's but it's just but this is, not. This smart. sounds like a the stupid kind of story. You a twenty year old would haphazardly make up and try mm-hmm. to patch together to find their way toward innocence. Yeah. Like like our kids who who think that we were we we never tried to sneak out in our lives, right? right? Yeah, and they think they can trick us. They think it's they're like, so smart and clever. And it's like, dude, I was you. I was you. I, I did th- this. I you did, can't. I, yeah. yeah. Like, how I dumb are you? Well, then he trick evidence. He um, he also I mean, he kind of discredited himself because he testified at trial uh, that he was not truthful more than once, like multiple times during the investigation. And so when he was first arrested in Madison, of course, like I mentioned earlier, he testified that his, or he told him that his name is Saldana, his roommate's name. Sure. Then he also stated at the trial that he told police um, during the investigation that Cooley was not in the Tao residence the night of Nancy's death. Did anything happen to the roommate who sort of covered up the evidence? No, because she was, because what she was told and she, and then she testified, she testified for the prosecution. 
Oh, so, she, okay. so she did. I mean, she, because she was truthful, honest. truthful. Yep. Yep. Well, and I, I imagine her testimony would also contradict his claims, Gray Buffalo's claims that one of the other roommates was involved on it. Right. Yeah. Yep. For, I so mean, she could have been an alibi for one of the other roommates mm-hmm. in that regard. So what he also um, claimed is he does not remember and they, and they placed him here. He does not remember going to his stepmother's house just after the burglary, shopping at a grocery store with the same food stamps, and then returning to his stepmother's house with groceries, and then visiting oh, an ex-girlfriend. Got him using the food stamps so he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember those things. So I'm, I'm that is that is a layer of, mm-hmm. of loathsomeness. Yeah, that is hard for me to swallow. You killed this baby. Mm-hmm. You stole food stamps from this struggling immigrant family and just went and spent them after after all this heinous stuff right right so needless to say the um the alternative theory that the defense put forth was not it was not believed and his conviction was upheld hey man defense defense lawyers got to get paid too yep they they do so he is um currently serving um, his time in Wisconsin in a state penitentiary, penitentiary in Wisconsin. And the Taos, I mean, they had to move forward, you know, having the, the judgment, the, the winning the judgment against, against gray Buffalo again, mostly a name or symbolism really, um, you know, but they had to, they had to find a way to move forward. So sources for today, uh, primarily court documents from the state of Wisconsin, uh, a little bit from Green Bay Press Gazette and Murderpedia. Right on, folks. Hey, thanks again to our sponsor, Shots Crossroads, where you should never forget the wrench. That's right. So Midwest Murder, come, come for the Midwest, Midwest, stay for the murder. Stay for the murder. Thanks, guys.